Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. I think about community from from that perspective. It's it's um, connectedness and, and feeling as though you're part of something that's bigger than just you. How can you just expand this community? And, and I think it does get back to Julie's point around this connectivity. You know, we're all here together. Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteering. I'm your host and Chief Operating Officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an amazing community, and it's through research that we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners, the American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the Elbrands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. Our community is full of incredible leaders, all dedicated to our one goal. We're lucky to have 10 of those amazing community members serve on our board of directors at Pelotonia. Our two newest additions to the Pelotonia board shared their own stories with us for this podcast. Julie Sloat from AEP and Victor Crawford from Cardinal Health. They both have incredible resumes, work for Pelotonia funding partners, and are simply wonderful people. They are also deeply connected to our work at Pelotonia, both being cancer survivors themselves. Victor has overcome prostate cancer and Julie beat breast cancer. We'll kick this interview off with Julie as we get to know them both in this episode titled Leading by Serving. I am an Ohioan, so I am a total Buckeye. Um, Grew up in uh, Canton, Ohio, and um, actually migrated to Columbus as I attended The Ohio State University. And uh, I, I, after graduation, I, um, I was uh, fortunate enough to um, essentially go back to graduate school and then find employment with American Electric Power. Worked in our regulatory services group for a handful of years, uh, came back to finance, and then they asked me to go run the utility company. So I uh, was president and COO for AEP Ohio for a handful of years, and now I'm back in the finance organization. So my alarm usually goes off around 4 a.m., and I always have it set to uh, NPR. And at that point, it's the BBC news that's on because it's so early. And I'm hard-pressed to find a day that um, the first story I hear somehow doesn't impact or relate to my business. That's how big this business is because it's energy, right? It's electricity and uh, it's global and uh, you need it, right? It makes life possible. So I love it. It makes my world bigger and it's just an absolute privilege to be here. And um, I've had the opportunity to be a part of the AEP Peloton uh, for the last several years, um, riding the last several years. Uh, this year obviously was a little different because I had my own my Pelotonia, right? So I changed it up a little bit, but looking forward to getting to it, uh, back to it in more traditional sense, hopefully next year if we get past some of this uh, COVID stuff. Victor, so we are uh, super happy to have you on the podcast. You are our newest board member, which we are uh, thrilled 
to have you on the board. And so welcome and would love for you to share your journey and how you've ended up with one of our other funding partners, Cardinal Health. Originally from Detroit, Michigan. So I'm one of those, you know, other guys from Michigan, but, um, you know, grew up playing sports all my life. Um, And I think one of the things my parents always did for me was that if I ever got less, you know, if I got a C or less on my report card, I couldn't play the next sport. So that kind of motivated me through school. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go on to college and play college football. I played at Boston College and you know, I think my uh, my high spot, I got to play with a little guy named Doug Flutie, um, who won the Heisman That's Trophy. Cool. After graduating, I actually tried to extend my playing career and went out to Chicago, and they told me I was damaged goods. So I became an accountant. Um, I started my career with Price Waterhouse in the Boston office. Um, but leaving Price Waterhouse and going to work for a company called Federal Mogul as their director of internal audit. And I got recruited to a little company called Pepsi. And I got my first general manager assignment actually running Northeast Ohio. So I was based in, in Cleveland, Twinsburg area, but I lived in Strongsville. So met my wife who lived in Shaker Heights and she's actually an Ohio State grad. I had the opportunity to retire in my early 50s. Um, but as life would have it, I have six daughters. Um, okay. So I couldn't stay retired um, just given the fact that, you know, Seemed like the FedEx and the UPS truck was showing up at my house with some package every day. Somebody had to get back to work and pay for it. So um, I am just just happy to be here um, at Cardinal. And one of the reasons why I'm here is that we have such a strong culture. I think at the end of everything that we do, we understand there's a patient. And having been a patient, you know, knowing patients, having family members that have been patients, we know that we're essential to care, and I'm just really proud to be able to represent this organization. You know, I haven't had a chance to ride in Pelotonia, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to go out and get an, I'm going to invest in a new bike because I've got like one of these mountain bikes. I need something a little lighter that can. Yeah, get up the hills. Yeah, get up the hills and stuff. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. But I have, can you know, continued to support our team here. And I, I, I really appreciate all the work that Cardinal's done to support Pelotonia. So I'm looking forward to it. You were both um, asked to be on the Pelotonia board this year, Julie, earlier in the year, and, and Victor more recently. And I'd love to hear uh, from your point of view what that was like, sort of being asked to to join a board of, you know, Julie, something you've participated in for a long time, and then have gone through a, a cancer experience at a hospital where you know our organization is funding funding research directly at. Yeah. No. I. Uh... I was thrilled, actually. I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure there'd be a fist fight to have inside my organization to be able to step onto the board. Uh, uh, we, our Peloton um, is is lovely, and it's just a magical time for us every time we have this opportunity to get together, right? And uh, obviously, this year's a little different, but um, I um, was was thrilled. And you're right. And so, I guess from my perspective, I've I've always ridden right and so that's been normal for me and that's you know something I do every year um so to have that perspective um I think enriches the conversation I think most people around the table um at the board um have ridden and so and you know obviously I knew Doug um and I would have Doug and team come over to our offices on a frequent basis as we were trying to do our fundraising etc so it was very comfortable very comfortable for me and and it uh as a result of the cancer experience, 
makes it very much more personal. Victor, what about you? You were, I think we announced uh, you joining the board uh, about a month and a half ago, which uh, we were really excited to have someone from Cardinal uh, join the board. Doug actually came and was our keynote speaker at one of our graduations for one of our leadership, our leadership programs um, okay. here at Cardinal. So I was sitting there because I'm an executive sponsor for one of the programs and I'm sitting here I'm, and he told his story. And I, I just felt, I felt moved after the program was over to just to go up, introduce myself to him, shared with him that I was a survivor as well. And we just kind of hit it off. And I think I got a note from him. You know, he's good at writing notes. Um, and so I got a, a handwritten card from him. Um, and ultimately, you know, my boss came and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in joining the Pelotonian Boy? I think, you know, Mike Kaufman, our CEO, had a conversation with Doug. And I said, absolutely. And I, I would tell you, you know, as busy as we are as executives, you really have to be mindful for how you spend your time, you know, outside of work and away from your family. And so I, I was just blessed to be able to be asked and to be able to come onto the board. I actually sit on the Hershey board, which I guess candy and bike riding probably don't go together, <laughs> but the Hershey board actually supports the Milton Hershey school, which supports, you know, underprivileged kids. And then I had this opportunity to participate on the Pelotonian board that helped support cancer research. I can't think of any other places I would want to spend my time away from my family and away from my job. I'd love for each of you to share um, sort of your own cancer journeys and your cancer stories. I know both of you uh, mark yourselves as cancer survivors, uh, like I do myself. It is a club you never want to be in, but something you're also very proud uh, of. And I think Julie would love to to hear your story uh, first, and um, and then Victor will transition to you. Yeah, I I, um, I will never forget it. You know, the initial um, the initial concern comes, you know, when you get this test result back that something looks suspect, right? And so then that starts all these other activities. So right there, that's obviously concern number one, because now do I have this or do I not, right? So then you go through a a biopsy process, at least I did. Um, And then that took, took, you know, it was a few weeks after to to get all that set up between, hey, you have a bad screening to, okay, let's let's go ahead and extract some of this and see what the situation is. And then you got a little bit of a wait time after that. And I remember... Um, I was waiting for my biopsy results and I um, had just uh, come home. I was traveling for business. I literally pulled into my garage and shut the garage door and my phone rang in my car. And, um, and it was the James and um, the, the nurse the, on Dr. Farr's team, you know, first thing she asked me is, are you in a safe place? Can you talk? And at that point, it's hard to hear anything else. Like you can't, like you can't hear anything else. Um, so, uh, you know, I tried to take notes because I have my, my, my bag sitting next to me um, and uh, as best I could anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever, I know I won't forget that. Um, and, you know, so that was a call it mid-September, um, you know, and I had had an issue with um, my biopsy created a hematoma and all this other junk. So I had some other physical things I had to deal with before I could even have surgery. Um, and then the next, that's the next step, right? So I went to have surgery. I remember it was October 14th. And, um, you know, then I had to wait to see what the results were from the surgery. Did you get it all right? And uh, were my lymph nodes clear, you know, those types of things. Right. So I had to wait for those, 
those uh, words of, of, in this case, goodness. So um, those came a couple of days later. Um, and, you know, aside from a couple of scares here uh, in the years after, um, been all clear. So this actually yeah. last October 14th was my five year anniversary of being. Oh, that's here. amazing. Yeah. So it's huge. It's but, a big milestone. Uh, yeah, world it rocks your world yeah i will never forget that moment myself and and it's funny because even today i think well gosh did that happen did that really happen but then i i think back to all the sleepless nights yeah it, it definitely happened but that's that was i think the wonderful thing about the james so not only did i get to have my care literally right down the street um dr Farr was my surgeon um i love him um i i got the best care from him um, what I particularly appreciated about the James was um, not only the technology and the care being fabulous, but they kept my life on track as much as they possibly could. And I remember when I was going through my radiation treatments, I had to go every day. So I'd go first thing in the morning and then I'd buzz into work. And I, quite frankly, I think a lot of people had no idea at work that I was even going through this, right? So um, I, I kind of kept it as normal as I possibly could. And I remember one day I'd, I'd come in and I said, hey, look, can you guys, is there any chance you could do me 15 minutes early? Because the, the schedule for radiation is very, you know, tick-tock, tick-tock, because they're trying to get everybody through. I said, can you can you get me in a little earlier tomorrow, 15 minutes earlier? They're like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, yeah, I'm catching a flight because I'm going to go run a half marathon, and then I'll be right back. And, you know, <laughs> so, but, they, but they did it. And um, they were just, they were phenomenal. Victor, would love to hear sort of your cancer journey as well. Um, sort of when it happened uh, when you were diagnosed yeah it was you know I, I think about it it was it was actually right after um I, I had a another situation a medical situation where I told you I'd retired from Pepsi and luckily it, it was it was kind of a blessing in disguise um I started feeling real sick I got actually diagnosed before I got diagnosed for cancer with an autoimmune disease okay that very, very rare. Um, you know, so I was in and out the hospital for literally four months. Um, you know, found out I was allergic to sulfur-based medicines and ended up in a burn unit only because of the reaction that it, it gave me. And so I was fortunate enough to kind of work myself through that, um, started back working. And the next year, same thing, you know, during my annual physical, um, I had an elevation in my PSA number and I get my PSA number, you know, back. And, you know, the good news is we were able to kind of track, you know, multiple years in terms of what that figure was. And so, you know, it was a very low number and it jumped up. <laughs> and so he said, this is not good. So you, you need to go see a urologist. And so now between the time of him telling me I need to go see a urologist, um, finding out kind of what's going on. So now I'm, I'm kind of doing some research. What does all of this mean? Um, having the, you know, getting the biopsy done, which wasn't, wasn't a pleasant situation whatsoever. No, I cannot imagine. Yeah. And then waiting for the results of the biopsy. Um, and it, it, it was probably about a week because, you know, I was in New York at the time working for Pepsi and they, the results of the biopsy had to go actually to John Hopkins to get a confirmatory reading. And so you're waiting. And, and so fortunate enough, when they came back and kind of gave me my Gleason score, good news is it was 
low enough and where they found the cancer was in a place where I had the, at least the opportunity to, to look at some options um, in terms of treatment. So from the time, really from the time I actually got diagnosed was probably in May of 2013. And I actually didn't get the procedure done until probably February because I had an opportunity to talk to multiple doctors. Um, but during that time, it actually kind of continued to give me a little bit more confidence about the ability to have a full recovery from this. So, you know, I, I would say that kind of took out some of the anxiety as I continued to talk to these specialists at the Cleveland Clinic, Mayo, um, Mass General, then ultimately John Hopkins. And so through just the ability to just get some really, really great care and some, some you know, second and third opinions, you know, kind of took away a little bit of the anxiety, but still, you know, when you talk about prostate cancer, it does, you know, when you have a prostatectomy, it, it, you know, has some lasting effects on your lifestyle. Um, that was probably the, the biggest challenge. Um, just, you know, what to expect after that, you know, yeah. um, in terms of just your lifestyle. But as I kind of worked myself through the treatment process and the recovery process, I really thought about what does significance mean moving forward um, in my life. And so, you know, it was a really good reflection point for me. And again, probably one of the reasons why I'm here at Cardinal um, is because what we do does touch all the patients. You know, I come to find out we have a nuclear pharmaceutical business. And if you think about diagnosing um, cancer, we are actually the ones that make the dose, the radioactive doses that assist physicians in being able to diagnose different tumors. Um, so I was a benefactor of Cardinal Health even before I came to work here. And so sort of fast forward a little bit after your surgery, do you remember when you got the thumbs up, you know, we feel like we got it all. We feel like there's no evidence of disease. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, no, it was, you know, good news was right after the surgery, probably about a month after, you know, I got some more blood work done and, you know, my PSA number was, I really didn't have one and that was a good thing. Yep. You know, um, so again, we continue to monitor that, you know, I get blood work pulled, you know, twice a year, every six months pretty much now. Um, so it's something that we continue to keep, keep an eye on. And so, you know, I, I, unfortunately there is always a little bit of anxiety you know, oh, waiting yeah. for that test result to come back and making sure that it stays very, very low. So I'm, I've been blessed so far and just will continue to pray for um, health going forward. I do want to touch on, Julie, your your Pelotonia this year. Uh, I know that it involved uh, a certain uh, breakfast item, although I don't know if it should be labeled just breakfast item. <laughs> um, I think it could be an all day item. Uh, I also know you have a favorite place, which I, uh, you know, personally might debate uh, if that is at the top of the list or not. But I uh, would love for you to share your Pelotonia and sort of uh, the story behind why why that was so fun for you. Yeah, no, th this year um, I decided to switch it up given the circumstances. So um, I, I mapped a 15, little, little more than 15 mile loop um, that I was going to run. And I was able to kind of run past my favorite donut shops, like so do my donut run, right? I called it my donut run. And uh, I was able to then essentially end my donut run 
at my favorite breakfast place, um, which has fabulous donuts, uh, called the DK Diner in uh, Grandview. Um, so I, I live in Upper Arlington, and I, you know, I started my route from a house and ran to the Goody Shop um, at Tremont Center. If any, this is Goody Shops at the top okay. of my list. No, it is. It's unbelievable, right? Yeah. So I ran north, right? So I ran north to the Goody Shop, and then I ran up to Honey Dip, then ran down Henderson Road or Henderson and Kenny, and, and ran down Henderson Road over to the trail, and then uh, was able to get past uh, Buckeye Donuts on campus, and then back over to Grandview. Because uh, the Buckeye Donuts is on High Street, if you're familiar yep. with that. Okay. Yep. Then back over to Grandview where the DK Diner is. And um, I would say donuts are are, are an all-day food. Um, <laughs> but too, and I, love I would them. say. I, I love them. I love them. I can't remember not loving them. Okay. And uh, here's why it was special to me, though. When I was actually going through um, my radiation treatments at the James, I would get through my week, right? So I'd get to Friday. And um, my treat to myself was before I'd come into the office, I would hit the DK diner and get a donut. And so, and then I would bring that in to the office. So I, that was my treat. Yeah. And so it was, it was like the celebration thing. I got through the week and so here I go. And so interestingly, so I will actually do that tomorrow too. So I'm gonna go do a long run tomorrow morning and then I'll hit the DK diner and have a donut. So it's this thing now that I do. And um, it was just a really fun way to um, just appreciate the ability to eat a lot of donuts and just to be alive and, yeah. and to run around my favorite university campus and uh, go to my favorite donut shops. I mean, did you, <laughs> did you eat at every stop? No, no, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't make, keep it down. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but when you're eating that many donuts, you know, you get the furnace has got to burn hot to burn that stuff off. Right. Yeah. So I got miles in <laughs> to be yeah. able to, to justify the donut. The question I want to sort of end on uh, and have each of you answer really relates to something that is most core to, to Palatania, which is our community. And, you know, you have both been a part of many communities uh, over the course of your lives. And I'm curious what, uh, you know, just when you hear the word community, what it means to you. I don't think it has geographical boundaries. Um, you know, I think about you know, even before I got diagnosed with prostate cancer, you know, one of my college roommates had it and one of my best friends had it. So one lives in, you know, Houston, Texas, one lives in, you know, Chicago, Illinois. And so as I think about that community, I, I think about that community being of, of survivors um, and potential survivors um, or future survivors, put it that way. Um, so I, I would really, you know, as a, as a board member, I really look forward to hopefully expanding the geographical community of Pelotonia. How can you just expand this community? You know, we're all here together. I think we all want the same thing for each other. We want hopefully prosperity. And when I think about prosperity, it's not about wealth, it's about health. And so how do we actually extend that? Um, throughout the geographies is it's how I think about the community. I guess what initially springs or immediately springs to mind is um, connection um, and connectedness. Um, you know, it's interesting as we go through this um, situation where we can't physically be together as we normally would, um, it's been very challenging, right? Difficult. Um, 
you know, but on some aspects, I think that, and I think about this not only from my own family, but I think about it from my work family too. I think in many respects, um, it's actually made us closer, which is odd. You know, it's not necessarily intuitive uh, for me, at least. Um, so I think about I think about community from from that perspective. It's it's um, connectedness and, and feeling as though you're part of something that's bigger than just you, um, and that is that is so important. Um, and I know everyone keeps saying we're all in this together, but we really are all in this together, um, more so than ever. Um, so if there's a silver lining to this situation, this pandemic that we're trying to navigate, it, it might be exactly that community. Thanks to Julie and Victor for sharing their journeys with us today and for serving on our board. And special shout out to the teams at AEP and Cardinal Health for their dedication to our one goal. We also want to recognize our major funding partners for making all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the Elbrands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. On the next episode of One Goal. And that's what it, uh, one of the things we're, we want to achieve in the long run, too, is that Columbus becomes synonymous with you know, Austin and South by, and, you know, people, when they say Columbus, they're like, oh, isn't that where RTRX and Palatania happen? And, and you say yes, and people want to be there. And it's known that like the next big idea could come from there. You've been listening to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. Season two will be hosted by me, cancer survivor and chief operating officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar, with interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications team duo, Emily Smith and Gabby Blauer. Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Wessler Media by Vince Tornero. Additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Oren Judio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their stories. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as that will help others hear these empowering journeys. If you're curious about joining the Pelotonia community and making an impact on cancer research, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.